This is John Martinka and another episode of the Getting the Deal Done podcast series. And my guest today is my friend Doug Hall with Resources for CEOs. Uh, Doug is a business coach to owners in their leadership team. And welcome, Doug. Thanks, John. Great to be here. Start out with tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Well, thanks. Um, first off, I'm uh, an adopted native to the Seattle area because I've been here 20 years or a little over. So I'm, I'm like, wink, wink, almost a native <laughs> since so many of us moved here. Um, fell in love with the Pacific Northwest uh, in one of my tours of duty as a, as a corporate guy. Um, I've been uh, happily self-employed for about 10 years now. And as you mentioned in the intro, I'm a business coach to owners and their leadership team. And what I found during, during my first phase of a career is in corporate America was I got energized by helping people. I, I was a good leader manager when I was helping my people be successful. I was a good uh, participant with our customers or clients or partners when I could help them. And, and I just knew that about myself all along, but I, I didn't know how to activate it outside of having a job. About 10 years ago, I reached a point in my first career after 35 years in the computer industry, like how can I start a second career and what's really good for me in terms of leveraging my strengths, my, my passion for helping people and I wanted to zero that down, narrow that down. And I found that working with uh, owner-operated businesses, so the founder or the buyer of the business is really running it day to day. And what I found was that I resonated with people that, that sort of felt stuck or felt unsatisfied in where they were. Like they, they, weren't, they weren't coming to you or your colleagues to sell the business, but, and maybe they had just bought it recently, but felt a little stuck or a little unsatisfied. So. So my work is in that area of help them, helping them sort of get to the next level. Okay. Uh, what are the most common sources of dissatisfaction uh, with the businesses of all the owners that you've worked with and coached? Yeah, that, that kind of gets to the heart of this working with teams that are, and owners, basically the owner first and then the team that are sort of stuck or sort of unsatisfied. And what I found a common theme that, that I work with now is that owners get to a point where they're either okay with the money they're making and they're not okay with their time freedom, right? Like they're working like crazy eight hours a week or they're okay with the money they're making from the business. They're okay with their time freedom, but they're not really that happy with the people they have to hire or their clients or their customers. It's, it's sort of a people relationship or they're okay with those, but they're not fulfilling a purpose. They might, their purpose in life is not connected to the purpose in business, right? Now I'm not a psychologist and I'm not here to repurpose them, but helping them discover the purpose of the business is not a bad, it's a good work, but it usually comes back to those first two things, either not enough revenue and profit, not enough time freedom, not enough of both. And, and that's where I work with the owner in the leadership team to activate a unified leadership team and put some better practices in place so that they're really advancing as a company, growing more, getting more profitable. So I'd say lack of time freedom and not enough profitability are sort of the two key things. Okay. So 
you know, you, you obviously have your methods to do this. So what would you say is your general prescription for these business owners on how to improve things? Well, what I have found uh, over particularly the last six years or so of my, of my work, I have found that everybody that owns and runs a business has a kind of an operating system in their head. They have a, a way of running the business. Whether you're self-employed like me or have a smaller team or have 10 employees or 20 employees or 100 employees, as a, as a going business, as a successful business owner, you've got something in your head that makes it go. But I've also discovered that oftentimes what's in their head was enough to get them where they are, but it's not going to get them where they want to go, right? Go back to that profit, growth, and yeah. time freedom. So the words I've learned to describe that is what's in the head of the owner is their business operating system. The way they do leadership, the way they do management, the way they do their processes and procedures, and the way they do accountability. In other words, a growing team of people accountable for business results. So when you put all that together, you're like, oh yeah, that, that's, that's sort of running a business, right? Mm -hmm. And for too long, everybody depends just on the owner to be this living operating system. I, I like to equate it to what's in your computer, whether you use Apple or IBM or uh, Windows or whatever, there's an operating system in there that keeps things in order and keep things moving, allocates resources, keeps applications from conflicting with each other. Well, the owner has to do that until they're able to bring it down through leadership and management. So what I've figured out over these years is how to bring best practices from outside, right? From authors like uh, Peter Drucker, Michael Gerber, E-Myth, uh, Patrick Lencioni, Jim Collins, Good to Great, Vern Harnish, Rockefeller Habits, all of these people, uh, and bring them into practices that can be taught to the owner and the leadership team, and that, that we can then push down through the company. So that 10-person company, instead of the owner doing everything, they start to delegate and then move themselves up. Then those people can start to hire other people, and we, we have the beginning of a real leadership team. So it's really fun. I mean, I just enjoy the heck out of coming into a company at whatever stage they're at, helping them figure out where they are, and then helping them get out of the head of the owner and into an operating system that the rest of the managers and leaders can actually understand and, and duplicate. Is this something you help them put in writing for the others? Yeah, so so there's, um, there's a written aspect to it. So if you think about it, um, there's certain attributes of getting organized in a business that I think are apply universally. And again, it starts with the mind of the owner, but you can write it down and scale it out to other people. So for example, getting everybody in the company on a shared vision. Well, what's a shared vision? Well, the owner might say, my vision is to be a $10 million company in 10 years. Okay, that's in their head. How about we get it out and write it down, right? How about we share it with the whole team? How about we figure out, do we have the right people in the right seats in a great team? Do they all wanna to go to 10 million? Some of them might only wanna to go to 1 million, right? So you gotta have the right people in the right seats on the right team. And then a whole bunch of other little levers you can pull, like hitting the right numbers. Are we tracking the right metrics? We have, some people call them KPIs, but like, are we tracking the right stuff? And is everybody on the same page as to what we're tracking? The owner may track one thing, 
somebody else might think something else is important. So again, getting it in writing, getting it in a one-page strategic plan, for example, is a, is a key tool. In fact, I think that's one of the five core tools that people need to use is a, is a one-page strategic plan, right? And that helps them decide, put in writing, you said it, put it down on writing in that one-page plan, where are we going? How are we going to get there? How fast are we going to get there? So that people ask about mission statements. What's that, Doug? I'm like, well, a mission statement is just a way to say, we want to be this on this date. We want to be a $10 million company in 10 years. That's a long-term mission. A short-term mission and part of the vision would be, well, in three years, we want to be 5 million and 25 employees and serving 500 clients and in two lines of business. So now we're coming down closer to today. The next part of that vision and mission might be, well, at the end of 2021, we're going to be two and a half million in revenue. We're going to serve 100 clients. We're going to have 14 employees, whatever. I'm just making this up, right? But it's, it's written down and it's specific. So there's no confusion. It, the owner, leadership team, and employees are aligned on where we want to go. Okay. So what I have noticed when people come in as a new owner, they have acquired the company. Uh, and I like to say they're more, more often than not, much more often than not, they are the breath of fresh air. And the employees like it. They they see that the owner will listen to them. There's you know career advancement. What do you see with the not the owner but with the the, the employees, the leadership team, and below them when you work on this? Well, normally um, there will be that honeymoon period, and then there will be a time of reality that sets in. And it may be a little bit of shared disappointment. The owner's a little let down because things aren't sort of taking off as fast as they thought from the point that they purchased the business. And the employees are maybe a little let down that the new owner hasn't changed things as much or as fast as they said they would. To me, that's an ideal inflection point for me to come in and sort of gather the team together, owner and the leaders and say, hey, look, you can get to the next level. Let's let's all get on the same page as what that looks like. And let's start being more accountable for making changes because everybody talks great game, but it's like Mike Tyson said, everybody talks great game till they get punched in the nose, right? Uh, I'm paraphrasing Mike here, but the point is new owner comes in, new expectations, and then reality punches them in the nose, right? They got a complex business to run. The owner gets bogged down. The owner probably gets their fingers into too many things instead of really being able to delegate to people because they, they don't trust them yet. So I think building trust in the team, again, a, a big theme of Patrick Lencioni, the, the five dysfunctions of a team, the basis of that is, is trust for each other. So building trust in the team is one of the first things that I'm real big on. I want to see that. I want to feel it. And then getting them to healthy conflict and getting them to goal setting, getting them to achievement. Uh, and, and ultimately that turns into a functional team when you climb those steps. Okay. So you've talked some uh, big picture stuff. What about some specific actions that allow you and to, or allow you to take them to an improved situation? Yeah, so this is the interesting thing. We. Most owners, um, whether they're the founder or the buyer, 
they're going to be somewhat visionary. They got things in their head and they believe that somehow the employees can read their mind. I get it, but it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. So for me, the satisfaction of working with the whole leadership team and sort of stirring that pot as a facilitator to get them to come up with all the things that might satisfy them. What, like if, if we're here three years from now, you guys, and we're turning around looking back, what has to have happened in this company for you to be satisfied? To be satisfied as an owner of the company? To be satisfied as a key employee that you're developing your career, you're in the right place. This is, I need to see that the team's forward looking and that they're willing to put in the time in, let's call it strategic planning. I know that sounds scary, but that's what we do. We get out of the daily business and we go about the once a quarter business of going to the top of the hill and looking down and saying, are we on the right path? Are we going in the right direction? How do we do the last 90 days? What are we going to do the next 90 days? Making a plan, making commitments to each other, and then week by week holding each other accountable that we're actually doing the things. Because here's the problem. Many owners and organizations make commitments to each other about changing things, new initiatives. But by my data that I've collected, 70% of new ideas and initiatives fail because people don't implement. They don't follow up. They become non-accountable. They, they come up with excuses. And I, I like, I'm not the hardest guy in the world, but I like to kind of hold their feet to the fire a little bit saying, well, you said you would do this. Did you really want to do that? Or are you just talking for me to hear you? Mm -hmm. Right. So one of the best coaching questions I can ask is, how's that working for you? You know, do you really want to do that? What's working? What's not working? Do you want to do anything about it? I, I don't come as an, in as a consultant to tell them what to do. I come in as a coach to ask the questions, stir the pot, and make sure they come out with a written plan for the next 90 days. And, and then we just take that up to one year. We do an annual written plan for the new year. We take it up to three years. What's it going to look like in three years? Take it up to 10 years. What's your BHAG in 10 years? I mean, I want to see them make progress towards their big, hairy, audacious goal. I think the key thing you said is the word implement. Uh, we run into the same thing with, with people. We say, okay, here's a plan. We're uh, not doing what you're doing, but in the buy-sell world. And they say, yep. you know, but you know, the, you got to implement the darn thing. If it sits on the shelf, it doesn't get anything done. Exactly right. Yep. So, What's a good prospective client for you? A type of business, size of business, the owner, anything else you want to fill in? Well, I think there's, a, there's one key thing I tell people that takes them a, a minute to think about. I'm like, you know, it's easy for me to say that I work with unsatisfied business owners, but what does that really mean? Well, here's one thing it means. They've improved their business. They've worked on their business for a while. They've worked on marketing, they've worked on sales, they've worked on quality and operations and on-time deliveries, whatever. They've worked on quality of service if they're a professional service agency. Uh, they've worked on their cash flow and their accounting. But the owner feels like, you know, there's another level. We're not quite doing it. I, you know, I fixed all these things, but it's there's more. That's what I'm looking for. The owner that's sort of already pulled those five levers and worked on things. And, you know, we know a bunch of folks in the community that are good at, 
bringing in better sales processes. They're good at bringing in better marketing processes. They're good at bringing in better CFO processes. I expect that to either be there or I nudge them to do that along the way. But the thing is where I operate is at the level of the owner and the leaders that says, you know, as an organization, we can improve. We can get better at leadership, better at management, better at execution, better at accountability. And the best fit for me is usually a company that's 12, 14 people, somewhere in there. They, the owner reaches an, a, their own inflection point of saying, you know, this is a little bigger than just me. They, they got to get to that point of saying, this company's now a little bigger than just me, A. B, they're tired of spinning around like a whirling dervish, answering questions from eight, nine, 10, 11 people who are not delegated with enough authority to make their own decisions. So at that 10, 11, 12 employees, they can break through to a company where they appoint managers and leaders, or they can hold back. As an owner, they have the complete right to just be a whirling dervish owner if they want to be. You've seen it, John. I mean, yeah. right? right? And so 15-ish employees is a good, 14, 15 is a good inflection point for me. I've worked with clients up over 250 employees. The main thing is that the owner is, uh, I'm gonna paraphrase one of my favorite authors, Patrick Lencioni. He says, you know, the ideal team player is hungry, humble, and smart. And it's smart in the people smart, not intelligence, but emotional intelligence. So my best client is the owner who's in touch with themselves. They're hungry for more. They're humble enough to look for some outside help. And they've got the emotional intelligence to say, it's not all me. I, I need to build a real leadership team. So that can be at any size company. I mean, I've seen it all up and down the level. Um, and industry-wise, I've worked with everything. Um, you know, sometimes professional services, sometimes hard manufacturing, metal fabrication, uh, legal services, uh, Accounting. Industry agnostic. I, I really am industry agnostic. Now I come from the computer industry, so maybe I have a little angle towards IT companies, just because they sort of like that. But uh, that's the closest thing to an industry concentration for me. Okay, and you work uh, nationally, not just around the Puget Sound, correct? I do. In fact, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to go be working with a client in Knoxville, Tennessee. I have a client that was, uh, it's kind of quiet right now, but Fairbanks, Alaska, down in Portland, Oregon. You know, I work, I like to work face to face with folks and getting on an airplane is not like my favorite thing to do, but I'm a good traveler. So I don't mind getting out there. If any of your listeners need help distance, particularly now with Zoom, I mean, come on, we can do I've done day-long strategic planning sessions on Zoom, you know, seven, eight hours. It's not pleasant, but hey, sitting seven or eight hours in a hotel room doing strategic planning is also kind of tough on a team. So it, it works either way. Uh, but I, you know, most of my clients are in Puget Sound region right now, and, and it'll probably more or less stay that way for a while. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, um, for fun, I like to golf, I like to boat, and I like to ski in the winter. Okay. So um, those are those are important insights. Your your background there for for your mission spot in the Caribbean there is a beautiful reminder that it's boating season now. In <laughs> okay. And I, I commend you for the work you do with Rotary. That's uh, really important stuff, John. Well, thank you, Doug. 
So again, this is Doug Hall with Resources for CEOs. It is resourcesforceos.com. Uh, Doug at resourcesforceos.com. You can go to his website and set up a 30-minute uh, uh, call on, on the website and plug it into his calendar. Or you can reach him at 425-760-8103. Uh, Doug, thank you for being here, and uh, I really appreciate your insights, and you know, I know that what you do is very valuable and gets owners unstuck. Thanks, John. Great to be with you. Thanks for the time today. All right.